Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. Throughout the book of Romans, Paul argues that trying to do the right thing all the time is an exercise in futility. Not that we should give up on good behavior, but we should not consider it necessary for acceptance into the kingdom of God. When our own action is the central hero of our lives, we will find ourselves in cycles of incapacity, shame, and sin, a path that leads to spiritual death. The only way to avoid this cycle is a life of faith, to trust and hope in Jesus, to believe in Him and all that He has done and do our best in response, moving out of acceptance rather than toward it. All right, Tim, so we've talked about this uh, political pamphlet that, that Paul is writing to address this issue. We've talked about the good guys and the bad guys, and we've talked about some of the accusations and, and Paul's uh, responses to this. I guess my next question is, is this, you know, building to a crescendo? You, if you think about a story, or maybe maybe this happens in pamphlets too, but, you know, there's there's kind of this hook, this place where, uh, where you're really trying to centralize your argument. Is Paul working up to something like that? You know, I, th- I think he actually works up to several different crescendos. Uh, one of them is here in, in Chapter 8, uh, which we kind of ended the last session with, as he talked about all the reasons all the negative consequence reasons not to give yourself over to sin. You can, right? You can. You, God gave you a choice. He's given you a new birth into the family, but, and so you can't lose that. So you can sin. I mean, that's, that's, that's something you can do. You shouldn't do it, he has argued, because of the negative consequences. But in 8, he starts talking about the positive consequences for obedience. And and it's pretty interesting because he says, uh, and this is in 8, um, let's, let's see, start in um, 16. Is He's talking about walking. He has just talked about walking in the Spirit by faith fulfills the law. The whole, the whole thing that God gave to the Jews, you can make all that happen through walking by faith in the Spirit, which answers the, his Jewish detractors whole idea that you know the, the law has been thrown out no absolutely not this is actually the way to fulfill it you you lawbreakers this is how you become a, a law fulfiller and and he says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God mm-hmm. so that's an that's a you, you if you ever have doubt like am I really a child of God it's probable that the, that the reason you had that doubt is because you heard that voice and you wondered where it was coming from. And if you hear that voice, it means you're a child of God, right? You, you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. You, you know. You know. There's nothing you have to cling on to. That's good enough. And then he says, and if children, then heirs. So if you're a child in a family, you're, you're going to inherit something. And then he talks about two different kinds of inheritance. Heirs of God. So there was, there's no con- condition to that. We are heirs of God. God is our inheritance no matter what we do, whether we sin, we don't sin. And that, that the context of all Romans is, you know, what, what choices should we make? And no matter what choices you make, God is your 
God is your inheritance. That's very comforting, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why he says, and I'm skipping ahead here to the end of 8, he says, if God's for us, who can be against us? These people are bringing accusations against you, these, these competing authorities, these Jewish guys. They're criticizing you. They're trying to get control of you. What they say doesn't matter. If God's for you, you shouldn't worry about all these accusations. Satanist accusations, your flesh's accusations, it doesn't matter. God's for you. Who can bring a charge against God's elect? If the Spirit's in you, then you're God's elect. Who can bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Let them them bring a charge against Jesus because that's who we're in, right? Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and and, and furthermore is also risen, who's at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. Go talk to him. Don't pay any attention to all this criticism. So if you're a person who feels condemned, this is for you. you. You've believed. You've heard the Spirit ever then you're in Christ. And all those sins have been wiped out. They're on him. They've been wiped out with respect to you because they were born by Christ. All the condemnation you're hearing from your flesh, from Satan, from your friends, put it on, let, deflect it. It goes to Jesus, okay? So that's heirs of God. And so now there's a conditional one coming because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just talking about acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. What about approval? And joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together with him. So now we have this positive thing. If we will suffer the suffering of Christ, we get the same reward Christ got. Well, that's kind of mind-boggling. So on the one hand, if I don't do the things of if I if I do the things of sin, I get death and slavery and all these things that I was delivered from. Don't do that. That's dumb, right? But you get this positive consequence that if you're willing to suffer the sufferings of Christ, now we're we're moving away from what not to do to what to do, Mm -hmm. right? If we will suffer the sufferings of Christ, you get the same reward Christ gave. You know, kaboom. So that that is amazing. And then he says, and then he says, now he's talking about from his own standpoint, he says, for now, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, pause for a second. What was Paul's suffering like? Well, he he goes and lists it in 2 Corinthians, like beatings, imprisonments, shipwreck, shipwreck, this constant battling with these these uh, these uh, people like in this book. He they never left him alone. He was stoned once and left for dead, probably died and came back, is my interpretation. Um, I mean, he was suffered all the time. And he says, compared to what's coming, this is nothing. And we would look at his suffering and say, whoa, I can't imagine going through all that. And he's saying, nothing compared to what's coming. Yeah, totally worth it. Totally worth it for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Well, in Roman in the Roman world, everyone's a child because they're born into the family. You become a son when you're adopted and given property rights. It was a later ceremony that comes along. So he's talking here to be a son 
is to graduate into this approved category. And how are you approved? You suffer the sufferings of Christ. Well, what is that? Christ, we get that in Philippians 2. He was entitled to stay in heaven, but the Father asked him to step down, and he did. He did not claim his entitlement. He gave it up to serve and to serve other people who would spit on him and and reject him because it was in their best interest. He was rejected by people for doing for them what was in their best interest. He was tempted to do things his own way, and he lived a life of 100% dependence. And we've looked at this Psalm 8. We did a series on it, Psalm 8. Out of the mouth of nursing babes, power will come that will silence Satan, is what Psalm 8 says. Well, that's what this is. Nursing infants are dependent, and they're newly arrived, which is the human race compared to the angels. So Jesus came, became a human, and lived a life of 100% dependence. He's the only human that's ever lived that could have lived a 100% independent life. Mm -hmm. The rest of us could try but couldn't do it. He could have done it. But he lived a 100% dependent life. He says, I do nothing apart from what my father tells me to. He did it as an example. Well, that's part of the sufferings of Christ. And then he was rejected. He was rejected because of the life he lived. And uh, Hebrews 12 tells us he gave that rejection exactly no consideration. He didn't consider it to be worthy to compared to the approval that he got from his father, which Hebrews 12 calls the joy set before him. The joy set before him was to sit down at the right hand because God said, I'm now elevating you not just as God, he was already God, as a human over, the, over earth. So now we say here, the whole creation was subjected to futility, the curse, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So if we suffer as Christ suffered, we're going to inherit restoring the earth with him. And nothing is more fun than being with a team of people, and especially with your husband or your wife, and when you're in perfect harmony, doing something really meaningful. Mm -hmm. Well, this is enter into the joy of your master. The ruler of the earth is going to take those who suffered his sufferings and who were willing to walk in obedience, and that's who's going to get to do this with him and restore the earth to the place it was supposed to be. Well, that's kind of mind-boggling, right? So he goes from don't do it because it's negative to all of a sudden, boom, you get the same reward that Jesus gets. He's blunt now these detractors, he's just completely obliterated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it occurs to me as, as uh, you're talking through this, uh, you know, on the one hand, you've got sin which leads to death and destruction is just a terrible idea but on the other hand you have suffering alongside of christ i think one of the hang-ups that we experience is we want to figure out some other way that doesn't involve any discomfort right we want to figure Uh out and i i think that's why paul is trying to use maybe such strong language in terms of the benefit is like look i mean a it doesn't compare that's first and foremost but also like you know life is is going to be difficult you've got to figure out whether that difficulty is going to propel you into further reward or if you're going to succumb to it and it's going to destroy you well i think i think by inference there is a 
there there is a third way because you can you can get into the family uh, by believing and then you can avoid all these negative consequences by just not making overtly bad choices but then avoid the sufferings of Christ to the extent you can by just uh, withdrawing from conflict and mm-hmm, difficulty mm-hmm. and stuff and and that do, that will make a more comfortable life Paul could have just said you know I'm I'm just this isn't worth it I'm not going to preach the gospel anymore he actually he actually talks about that first Corinthians 9 he says I have three choices one is not preach the gospel and he says my the consequence of that is woe is me <laughs> now we already know he's a believer and he's going to be in hell, but he his like I stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give account for that. I don't want anything to do with that. Okay, that was that was his assessment. And then he said, "I can do it unwillingly, and I have a stewardship. So I, I it's uh, that's okay. But if I do it willingly, I get a great reward." And then he says, "He actually yeah." So uh, he he has his own kind of three part assessment there. Now. We can bring we can bring suffering on ourselves through bringing bad choices. This isn't talking about that. Right. This is talking about the suffering that comes when you're willing to make a stand to serve other people. And I'll just make some real practical things. Engaging with other people is messy, and it's much more comfortable to disengage. But when you see, okay, uh, hey, this person could benefit from some input here. And they might reject me as a result, but I think there's worth the, it's worth the chance because they might hear. And you take that chance. Well, you might get rejection that you could have avoided by just not saying anything. Mm. And that, that would be an example of suffering the surfings of Christ. Now, you don't want to say you don't want to say anything if the probability of them hearing is zero. That's the hog dog log principle from the Sermon on the Mount. The the whole a splinter in the eye thing. If there is a chance and you can help that person, then it's worth it's worth it. So the first crescendo here is not only is this not a bad idea, it's a very good idea. It's it's in your best interest. It's in your best interest. And actually, uh, Paul says in one of the Corinthian letters, I think it's First Corinthians. He says, "Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man." what God has in store for those who love him and love him is obey his commands. If you obey his commands, you're going to suffer the sufferings of Christ. Mm-hmm. So you can, you, he says the spirit can kind of give you a hint, but you, you can't comprehend how great it's going to be. I, I could tell you couldn't understand it. So, I mean, we're in chapter eight right now. That seems like a good place to end his argument. <laughs> like, since like a good place to close the pamphlet. Where does he go? Where does, where does he, he, go he go from, from there? Here? Well, and you know, it's also worth worth uh, mentioning in eight that he says, um, "We know all things work together for good to those who love God." So that's a pretty amazing statement. Like, so if you're walking this path of doing what God asks you to do. The promise here is every single circumstance that comes into your life will work for your good. And that's a tough one to get your mind around because like a lot of bad things happen in life. But he goes on to tell you what the good is. He says, um, for those for whom he foreknew, 
he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So everything that comes into our life is an opportunity to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, I take this to say everyone's going to be conformed to the image of Christ. The ones who are willing to have that done now, when it's done through faith, get this extra special award. And the ones that don't are going to get conformed at a later time in a different way that Paul says, bad idea. Don't do that. That's the wood, hay, and stubble all burned up, and your life's work is charred. But you still conformed. But the, the real clear message in the Bible is that's a vastly inferior approach. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to wait. Because you, you just you wasted your opportunity, and it uses phrases like weeping and gnashing of teeth, like in uh, in uh, Matthew eight. It talks. He's talking to some Jews, and he says the sons of the kingdom. Which clearly, when God says sons of the kingdom, he's talking about believing Jews will have weeping and gnashing of teeth because they got excluded from the table of honor where that's occupied by Gentiles who are walking in faith. Okay, so if you're a believer but you don't walk in faith, you're not going to get this reward, and you're going to be mad, gnashing of teeth, and you're going to be sad, weeping. Okay, Probably, I'd say, they're going to be mad at themselves because you could have had this opportunity. Now you realize how precious it was. And, mm -hmm. and I talk about this all the time, the angels are watching you know only only we can walk by faith but just in this life you mentioned a while back i think at the very beginning of this the like three salvations is that one of the salvations to be rescued from missing out on on what this life has to offer i think so yeah i think actually this whole thing of being saved from the negative consequences and being saved from missing out on the positive consequences is this second salvation or deliverance it's deliverance from the flesh deliverance from the from these you know from this inner self that has nothing good dwelling in it that that's what the daily walk of faith living walking in the resurrection power of jesus instead of the flesh that's what that salvation and that's a daily thing you can all you got to do to lose that is just go walk with the flesh for a while and then gain it back that goes back and forth the original uh, the thing we usually call salvation is the original belief that, of a new birth, and that's given. That's a gift. So that one, that one's a gift. That one you can't lose. You can't lose being born physically. Same thing with born spiritually. But this other salvation, I mean, you, all you got to do is just walk in the flesh to lose that. It's there for you to gain back. All you have to do is walk in the spirit, right? And that that's the saved from the flesh we have that power the question is are we going to use it and then the and then the third one is being delivered uh from the presence of sin so you're delivered from the penalty of sin delivered from the power of sin delivered from the presence of sin and that is um actually we can see that in uh, thirteen eleven, because now when he gets to chapter 12 he starts that now answering the question so what does this look like so what does this look like in everyday life to walk by faith? And he starts describing some examples of what this would look like. And, and he says, and do this, and he's talking about walking by the Spirit, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Okay, so 
think so you're south you're you're going along in time you first believed let's say that happened uh, uh you know 20 years ago and every year that goes by year 21 year 22 20 23 you're getting closer to salvation well we would usually think that's backwards right that <laughs> yeah. you're getting further from salvation but when you first believed is just one kind of salvation it's the salvation from the penalty of sin every day that goes by you're getting closer to your salvation from the presence of sin which one are you more enthusiastic about <laughs> after you've had this new birth right it'll be wonderful to get to the point where we're not in the presence of sin anymore because he's saying and our salvation is nearer than we first believed he's saying well then put on the lord and walk properly and stuff because when we're saved from the presence of sin the first we're, we're going into the judgment and that's when rewards are are determined for deeds not not our ultimate destiny as children that's set god's our heir unconditionally but then the question is what did you do with your life what kind of steward were you right and so if, if the accusation he's trying to address is uh, if it's not faith and then what is you know what is obedience what does the law matter what he's doing is teasing out the answer to why it's only faith for the first salvation that we're talking about but it's acting in obedience this is this is the benefit of it yeah and actually 14:10 says that what you just said very overtly why do you judge your brother why do you show contempt for your brother for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ mm-hmm. What is written, as I live, says the Lord, every kneel shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So he starts with these bad guys of that they're judging and, of course, not doing what they said. Don't listen to them. And now he's into the practical part of the book, 12, 12 and on, like here's what walking in the Spirit looks like. And he makes a specific point, don't judge other people. Just wait for the time. You're concerned somebody's going to get away with something? Don't worry about that. Everybody's going to be judged. And it may be that whatever it is you're fretting about somebody else is going to end up on the cross. You should be happy about that because that means your stuff can end up on the cross too. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening.